Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Kearley, and I appreciate you joining me. This is the first episode of Season 3, which uh, should be a good one. I've got a lot of really good, interesting guests lined up for... um, for the next season, uh, I've talked to a lot of different people about being on, and uh, I think it's gonna be—I think it's gonna be stacked, a stacked, uh, stacked roster, as they may say in the sports world. But uh, I hope everybody had a happy New Year, uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, 2019 sounds super strange to say. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if other people feel this way, but like 20. 29 well really since like 2012 on I felt like uh, <clears throat> almost like I'm living in somebody else's future or something like that you know it's like real weird I don't know I don't know if it was like the 2012 I didn't really believe that the world was gonna end or anything like that uh, but 2012 definitely felt like a very distinct year and every year since then like 2019 doesn't even sound real you know 2020. That's that's a that's a Justin Timberlake album. That's not you know that's not a that's not a year you know, but it's coming up. So 2019, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting year. Uh, we had a lovely Christmas here at the Kearley household. This was the first year that Emmett's really like uh, Emmett knew it was the holidays. He knew it was <clears throat> Christmas. He knew it presents and uh, you know he was just getting. He's a kind of a kit. You know he was a. A lot of fun uh, in the process, and so seeing him open presents, seeing him uh, uh, living that living that little kid Christmas life was uh, something special. It was a lot of fun. Um, so today's guest is Cole Holloway. He is an animator who lived in Amarillo. I met him here in Amarillo, uh, actually at P3. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I think they just disbanded P3. It's not going to happen anymore, but. What it was was you rode from 575 to the Golden Light and then Golden Light downtown to like, I believe it was Crush. I think it was, yeah, I think it was just Crush. I can't remember. Like, really, it was such a large group that anywhere it rolled, like everywhere, like people just rolled in to get beers everywhere. So, uh, but it was Crush and then it was back to 575 at the Civic Circle location. So, it's a pretty it's a pretty relaxed ride. It's not like a you know Tour de France or nothing like that, but uh, you know do quite a bit of quite a bit of drinking by the time you get back to five seventy five. Typically everybody's feeling pretty good. It was a lot of fun, uh, and I met Cole. He was hanging out with Gunner because they I think they were friends beforehand, but they also worked together. And uh, Gunner introduced him as like a prodigy. He was like this guy. Uh, is going to change the animation world, you know, and um, I can't exactly remember precisely what Gunner said about him, but it was impressive, you know, and then come to find out, yeah, he is a badass at doing animation and, uh, you know, making ads, but also just doing like interesting, um, I wouldn't necessarily say like futuristic animation animations but just check out his uh check out his instagram uh i'll link it in the description of the show click on that and it'll take you to him next up i'm going to introduce um so i'm working on this concept called beat the primate it's a like a fitness competition i'm running it through my website 
if you go to, go to my website, if you go under the uh, the Dexter's Dojo is the name of the tab, and then underneath that I have rules, which the rules for the competition are pretty simple. One mile equals 50 points. One pull-up equals two points. One sit-up equals two points. One push-up equals one point. And one air squat equals one point. So... I put the air squats and the sit-ups in because my wife said it was kind of, uh, it was heavy on the dude-like lifts, you know. Uh, she was saying she didn't feel like girls could compete uh, with only having the option of doing push-ups and, and uh, pull-ups. So I threw in the air squats and the sit-ups. So the sit-ups count the same as pull-ups and the air squat counts the same as push-ups. Um, you, I, I made a Strava running group. If you, uh, that, you know, you can join that, uh, you can log your miles through that. And, uh, also on my website, I have a leaderboard. Let me click over on my, uh, my computer real quick. And so the leaderboard sits so far. I'm in number one spot with 700 points, which granted that's a little bit unfair because, uh, the day I like start you know put it up on the website i did a workout so you know i kind of got a head start on everybody but it's my competition so that's that's how it's gonna roll um number two spot is the wolfman with uh, 400 points number three spot is the wolfman's brother with uh 300 points uh in fourth fourth place is west which grant i'm gonna have to adjust these a little bit because he did a lot of air squats that day um he's he's got 250 Remero, uh, the rookie at Station 13 with us right now, he's got 250 points. Cortez the Killer, one of my buddies, he's got 200 points. And then my buddy Chris has got 150 points. So that's the leaderboard as it sits so far. Um, just, so just jump over on my website if you're interested in it. Read the rules. If you want to participate, cool. If you don't want to participate, cool. Um, you can come to the cookie party. So I've had this interesting conversation going with several different people, which actually, I mean, I guess it's been my whole life because, you know, I've been hearing my whole life, oh, your generation's jacked up because uh, y'all all get participation trophies, and that's bullshit. And I agree with them to a certain extent. Like, participation trophies are bullshit when it comes to, like, football and baseball and things where there's, like, a clear, defined winner. But... My thing is like running a half marathon, I've had a lot of people say, well, I don't think I can win it, therefore I'm not going to run it. And to me, that's kind of bullshit. It's like uh, the participation trophy in a half marathon, anybody who completes it, uh, they, you know, they won in my book, you know, they're actually doing their thing, they're actually participating. And so it's, I want it to be the same thing with this beat the primate competition. Really it's arbitrary who wins like it's uh the the numbers are just the numbers and really it's dependent upon the person blah 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 and all that but um i think if you participate you deserve a cookie you know like do you want a cookie i think that's like a saying you know and i think you deserve a cookie so my wife's gonna make up some cookies we haven't decided the spot yet where the party's going to be. Uh, we might try a brewery in town or maybe a restaurant or something like that. 
and do it to where we can get everybody together and kind of celebrate each person trying to do better and trying to be better. So, oh, uh, quick clarification. These miles, you can walk the miles. You don't have to run the miles. There's no time limit on completion of the miles. Um, preferably, they'd be outside just because part of the point of it is to get people outside and actually like enjoying the fresh air and and seeing that there is like a world outside of the digital world outside of phones and outside of computers and shit so uh let's try to get outside just for us just for our personal well-being you know what i'm saying so uh let's get better in the new year you know i see uh atlas supplement company jumped up in the uh jumped up in the live stream He's also doing like, is it 500 squats? Let's see. There's a little bit of a delay on the Instagram feed, but he's doing a challenge as well. So if you're interested in doing fitness challenges and you're just looking for some motivation, jump over to Atlas Supplement Company on Instagram. Let me see. Oh, it's 100 days of 100 squats. So, and air squats now count for this competition too. So jump in. Do Atlas Supplement Company's competition and also do uh, Beat the Primate competition. You know, you like you like uh, double up on points there. So it's good for everybody. Um, let's see. Yeah. So 100 squats a day. It will total by April 10,000 squats. My Part of my like screen is blocked by my little my phone holder, so I can't get all that. So, but... Just jump over to Atlas Supplement Company and follow that and check that out um, and double up on them points. So let's see here. Where are we at now? Okay, now we're down to business, the real business. So uh, Patreon, <clears throat> I started a Patreon a couple months ago and I honestly, to this moment, I've been a little conflicted about it. I'm not exactly sure how I feel um, asking for listener support. Uh, asking for money, really, uh, in general, you know, I've I've had a couple of interesting conversations with several other creative people, and they'll say stuff like, uh, you know, uh, the price of passion. I've heard that um, said before. You know, price of passion is that you that you're a struggling artist. You know, um, and and that's true. Uh, and I, that you know. That's why that's where I would say the confliction comes in because I I don't ever want anybody like I'm I'm never gonna sell this podcast I don't want to sell something to uh, just a second you know how I've said my phone always goes to twenty percent whenever I'm on these things it just hit twenty percent so I had to like clear it out so where is that Patreon okay yep so. So, like I'm saying, uh, I don't don't view this as paying to listen to the show because the show will always be free. Um, this would just be to uh, really, you know, I'm going to use it to make some merchandise. I'd like to eventually start providing my guests with like a little, like a little, like care package, you know, like a little, like, hey, thanks for participating type thing, um, and. Honestly, and I hate to use this. I'm actually reading a, a Wendell Berry book right now, and he was saying like the whole saying the motto "time is money" is actually like the worst thing that humanity has ever done to itself. And I agree with that. Um, 
I'm on I'm on board with that, but it kind of is true. Like time kind of is money. And uh, like as as the Instagram world can see, I'm wearing my moving shirt today. I'm about to go move furniture after this. Um, so in a world that has bills and has things to do, you know, we gotta we gotta make the necessary sacrifices as people to make sure that we have money to pay bills and shit. So uh, one of the things is uh, the more Patreon support I get, the more justification I can say to. Shannon, like, hey, I gotta make this thing happen. I got people, I got people supporting this thing. You know, I got people, you know, wanting stuff to come out. So, uh, I th- this seems like the worst possible Patreon pitch, like maybe in the existence of Patreon pitches. But regardless, that's what it, I guess it is. Um, so I've got three tiers. The only monthly recurring charge, the only monthly recurring uh, field is. A dollar make me holler tier. Uh, my boy Chris Riley just joined on that uh, level. Then there's the five dollar buy me a beer tier. This is the one time uh, money, you know, five dollars. Um, Socks from Pondaceta, she hooked us up with a five dollar buy me a beer tier. And then there's the ten dollar mythical creature tier. This is called the mythical creature tier because I don't think very many people are going to do it. And so far, Taylor Waddell is the only one that has, and he, so, like, let's see, what, what's a good, I think Minotaur is one I've, like, thrown out in the back, you know, that's a good mythical creature, I think dragons fall under mythical creature, uh, let's see, what else is a good mythical creature, a liger, or is that a real creature, I can't even remember, but that's a pretty cool creature, too, so, um, like I said, I do have some hats in the making, and I'm shooting. I'm shooting to start some hat or some shirts soon as well. So be on the lookout for that. And if you don't wanna, if you don't wanna do a Patreon or do any of that, continue to listen for free. Um, it's no, it's not hurting my feelings. It's not hurting anybody's feelings. It's not hurting anybody at all. So all that to say, give me a follow on Instagram. Uh, I've got a Facebook group, Painting on Primate Podcast, started. Uh, Give me a rate and review on iTunes. That would be cool. I do enjoy seeing those, and I do read all of them, which there's not many there, but uh, I read them all. Uh, Share and like anywhere you can share and like if you feel so inclined. Uh, All that, man, done. So that was 14 minutes and 54 seconds, and... I didn't even feel like I had that much to announce. So I'll go ahead and jump into the song and then get right into the interview. So this song is, I've played it on the podcast before, but 2019 has a feeling about it. I mean, we're just barely into it. We've inched into it and uh, it's madness. I feel like 2019 is going to be madness. Who knows what's going to happen? New technologies are going to be invented. Old technologies are going to be rediscovered. People are going to run further, get stronger. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be madness. So this is madness from the 2012 release, The Second Law, from The Muse. So enjoy this song. Enjoy this podcast. Thank you all for listening. I greatly appreciate uh, I greatly appreciate anybody tuning in. Um Tuning in, I mean, ah, we're going to leave that for another day. So, uh, Matt, this is Madness by the Muse. Enjoy it, and until next time, peace.
want to just give me give me a little talk just to just to make sure some little, the, uh, some, some samples here some yeah a lot of samples check a look at those uh, waveforms yeah I think we're good I think nice. that's uh, I think that's a pretty pretty comfortable pretty comfortable Is I need that, to get some sound panels yeah I've decided boards yeah I had a I had a friend from North Carolina who's gonna come out for a ski trip next month um, hadn't talked to him in years like maybe 10 years yeah and he's like talking to him I'm like yeah you know I've been doing a podcast and he was like, oh you know blah blah sends me a message the other day podcast is pretty good a little echoey <laughs> I was like, shut up i was like all right man yeah you're One right taken. you're taken. right yeah i was like i need to i need to get i need to get a handle on that but i was hoping at some point to like actually get a studio space away from the house because like right now shannon and emmett are they're out of town they're coming in today cool so i didn't have any baby or wife to work around uh -huh. but typically i have a baby and wife to work around that makes a whole adds a whole nother level yeah i can only imagine you know but uh so you ready to jump in yeah let's go ready to get going all right cool. so this is the panel primate podcast i'm here with cole holloway holloway yeah holloway holloway holloway, holloway. i always pronounce it seems like for some reason last names are like impossible for me to pronounce correctly that's fair so um give me like a little background or like the audience a little background okay. into into cole um i was born and raised in Amarillo, texas and very recently, I moved to LA to pursue work in uh, animation. It's kind of been my like, I don't know, passion, hobby, whatever we want to call it. Uh, so, how old are you now? I'm 23. 23. Yeah. So, uh, did you go to college? Didn't go to college. I was trying to remember because so like, talk me through uh, your certification, like okay. your your okay. animation. Yeah. So when I was uh, in high school, I got hooked into a lot of like uh, internship programs. And so I was uh, like job shadowing, I think it was uh, Roger Lindley and Rick Wilcox. And they were at the time the only like two professional videographers in Amarillo. And they kind of gave me the uh, sort of like the feel for like where, where I should go, be it with college or work. Uh, and they're like, well, film school is what I gleaned was like film school is cool, but it's incredibly expensive. Mm. And I'm uh, not from a rich family and being like, what, 18 is like, well, that's seems like a difficult option and my dad uh really really grateful for this my dad was like very kind of anti-college because he went to wt and like uh he's more creative and more open and he's just like mm. you're just not gonna enjoy it you're just not gonna enjoy it and why, uh, why did he say that did were you like growing up you're a pretty creative person or pretty artistic or what? yeah and like i think uh i remember during my during my freshman year of high school uh i just like started to realize like i'm not gonna need to use any of this like i hate mm. geometry this sucks or like i hate whatever school subject. And then like, of course, once I realized that like you need your basics to get a college degree, which is essentially another two years of high school, it's just like mm. so turned off. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not opposed to learning and like, there's a ton of learning that's required in my field, but I mean, it's all, you're all gonna be using that. And so I, I guess I'm just a pragmatist at heart. I was just like, I don't want to spend another two years doing crap I don't want to do. Uh, and so that was one of the biggest like anti-college things. And then, like, the people I entered with, they're like, really, if you can just prove you can do what you're hired to do, they don't really care. Like, employers don't really care. And that actually helped me out in the long run, too, because, uh, the, and this is very uh, specialized, but, like, uh, the person I work for now, he, was, he already has his own sort of uh, anti-college agenda as well. Mm. So it all worked out very, very well. I'm not saying... Uh, I'm anti-college if you're creative, I guess, especially, especially in the age of the internet, but... Uh, 
Yeah, it's, I mean, unless you want to be like a lawyer or a profession where like lives, livelihood is on the line. Like very specialized, yeah, like yeah. Uh, intense, which it is kind of interesting too. Like when even like whenever like medical school, mm, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, if you want to heal people, you need to go to medical school. Yeah. But then you find out they only do like one nutrition class, not to dog yeah, no, on physicians yeah, or anything. We could, we could go on for the next three hours about that crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not to dog on, you know, I mean, uh, doctors are amazing yeah. and they do great work and all this stuff but it is kind of interesting when you start to it's like what am i wanting to do and how is school going to get me there to yeah. do it yeah and like frankly i mean like I, we have our beef with like i guess the medical industry but i mean like if you're gonna be like saving people's lives and like uh working on and correcting diseases and like yeah that's going to take at least eight years to be prepared to do that um and i mean i'm mean, saying like law school like uh you're, you're like people's lives are in your hands. Like you can decide whether someone like uh, gets put down essentially by the state. Yeah. Like yeah, you should know, you should know your stuff and you should be able to do that competently. Um, but there's there's other fields where uh, I I just think people are like kind of wasting their money. And like mm-hmm. it's like it's and I don't say that as like a, I'm better. It's like I've seen my friends like some people I know who were like forty thousand dollars in the can wow. just like. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, that's a great way to start yeah. your adult life. Yeah, yeah. Is owing it yeah, a owing shit it. ton of money. Yeah, no, there was a film school I was really looking into when I was like really young and naive, uh, and so I remember like going to my parents and I was like, "So is like twenty grand a semester? Like, is that good college pricing?" And they're like, "Absolutely not. Yeah, that's terrible." And I was like, New York Film Academy. is just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so it. what? What was it that was driving you towards film? Like, was it? Did, did you? Were you really into movies? Or um, were you thinking more like commercial or like what were you thinking? The thing is, what's really strange too is, and I've always kind of wondered about this, but I've never really was that into movies. I was more into short films. Mm. Uh, I guess just because of creative freedom and uh, with the whole movie industry, it's just all about the bottom dollar. But, um, or the bottom line. But I think what really interested me is just like uh, the visual aspect of it. Mm. Um, it's, there was one uh, animator who specializes in like abstract designs and he was saying that like, uh, uh, animation art now is more of like a, it's like a calling back to when everyone's around the fire and just like mm. kind of staring at it and like just kind of like de- mentally detoxing and it's that same sort of thing so I think it was always just like the art of it that uh, captured me and not necessarily like uh, storylines or plots although those are fantastic too and I've really like learned to appreciate them a little bit as well but for me it's more of like uh, I guess in the sense of someone who just like wants to make like a piece look really really good not necessarily it's more about a visual aesthetic than it is like a narrative. Mm. That's kind of where I'm, at, where I'm at. And I have a lot of respect for people who are like a writers or really want to like uh, uh, direct or like do visual storytelling. I have a lot of respect for that. But it's like for me, it's just more like, oh, I want, uh, I just want to make something that looks really, really well. And then like if it tells, if it tells a story, then all the better. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that is one thing I'd like to go ahead and direct uh, the listeners over to your Instagram. Okay. Which it, what, what's your Instagram? It's Cole. It like, used to be Cole Holly every day. But it's like a series of numbers, is it? Is it not? No, I think so. No, uh, right now it's uh, right now it's uh, the Holy Way, just all one word. Okay, the Holy Way. Yeah, I, I used to do. It used to be Cole Holloway every day, but that got a little taxing. Yeah, because um, there for a little while you were doing a challenge where you were trying to get like a what? Well, speak to that challenge. Yeah, so there was a, a really good artist, uh, and his Instagram handle is Beeple underscore Crap. And he's been doing this thing for 10 years now where every single day he'll make an original 3D creation. And so he's been doing this for like 10 years now. He's gone through his like 10,000 hours of mastery. So what he's doing just now is just stunting. And so I tried that last year. 
very difficult. But then, like, as I kept on doing it, moving to uh, L.A. obviously put a really huge stop to that just because readjusting a lot of purposes. But um, I did about, I think it was 107 or 6 out of the 300 days. And, of course, it stopped, like, right in the middle when I moved. Mm -hmm. Um, But you just learn a lot. And then, like, as I was learning, getting more creative and getting more ideas, it was just like, wait, like, I don't want to spend just two hours on this idea. Like, I really want to flesh this out and make it look really, really good. Mm. And it's like, I'm not, like, really doing the idea respect if I'm just, like, cranking it out. Um, but no, like, I mean, just the, just the idea of, like, doing something for an hour every single day if it's in the same field or in the same study, like, when a year's gone by, it'll, it'll, it'll blow your mind how absolutely insane, like, how far you've come. Whether it's just, like, yeah. reading or, like, reading a certain subject or just drawing or doing anything creative, uh, it's crazy. Well, and I was going to you know, direct people to your Instagram because scrolling back, you have some of these animations yeah. on it. And one of the things I really liked about your style from the first time I saw it was um, it's like very simple shapes Yeah, that tell a very like, uh, that tell a story like really quickly, you uh-huh. know? And so I was always like, uh, one of the reasons I really liked looking at them was because of the simplicity of them. Yeah. You know, like a, like a beer glass, um, but it's just literally one line that fill and it fills up the oh, middle, yeah, you know, yeah, or yeah. something like uh, that. And it's just kind of it's cool how animation you you kind of fill in the blanks, like or yeah. like you as an animator almost rely on the the person looking at it to yeah. fill in the blanks, you know, uh, like to to yeah. ascribe meaning or something. Yeah, especially now like design is so minimalism too. Like it's just like. Uh, it's kind of like going back to like the very bare bones where like you just have, like you're saying, like just one line or one shape, but then like, uh, it's like, that's when you know it's good design when like, you, or good minimalist design when like you're going just for the bare bones, but you also like have full confidence that the person who's viewing it knows what exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, and that's like also kind of a challenge too, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I imagine that is pretty challenging because somebody else might be seeing something different yeah. than you see. So is you're like. Is that a glass of piss? Is that a urine sample? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man, because you're relying so much on what uh, somebody else sees, you know, yeah. out of it. So you're you're trying to make it as bare bones as you can, but you're yeah. also wanting to get the point across. Yeah, and like, that's for like a minimalist style. Like I'm beginning more into like like really detailed, complex stuff, and that's a lot of fun, but it's just a lot of hard things. It's just a lot to learn Yeah, to, to pull it off right. Yeah, so uh, you said 18. Is that when you like really like – made your debut into the digital world or were you already messing with computers? Um, I don't know. I remember when I was really, really young, uh, my dad was uh, a teacher and like, this was like in like a very late nineties, like he'd bring a computer home from school. And like, that was my first sort of like interaction with it. And then, uh, I remember there was like this weird program, uh, that had like all these musical instruments and I didn't really care what they sounded like, but it was all like just how intricate and how complex, like, uh, a saxophone looked. Mm. Like it was, it was a design that oh, drove me. Oh damn! In. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, it's like very, so yeah, yeah. So I the, missed the entire music aspect. Of it yeah, oh, that's like, crazy. But yeah. you're seeing the animation aspect. Yeah, of it, like yeah. The, yeah, that's oh, it looks so complex. It was like it makes a sound. That's cool. Like, it looks so cool. <laughs> that's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, and then uh, I guess what um, I grew up watching like uh, Wallace and Gromit. That was like the first mm. claymation out there. Uh, and then. What really got me hooked into like digital animation was when I was in sixth grade and I was like goofing off and for some reason I found this uh, like stick figure fighting kung fu video I think it's called like it was, it was uh, illustrated or animated by a Chinese guy and it's called Zhao Zhao it's like X I A O X I A O 
Uh, I mean, it looks it would look so crappily done, but like it was animated very well. I mean, it's just six figures fighting, and they're like killing each other. Oh right? yeah, yeah. yeah it's I remember like, it's like so great. I was just like, uh, yeah. hell yeah, this is dope. I want to make this. I remember whenever I was young, and it was like for some reason, and there was like the violent or the better, like you know, like the, yeah, yeah. Because you're in middle school, this <laughs> yeah. is the like, ah, I love it. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So you saw those, and it kind of like spiked your interest. Yeah, I was just or, like, I want to make that. That's badass. Yeah. And so it's uh, one thing led to another, kind of like just. Uh, chipping away at it. I got like a really early version of it was called uh, Macromedia Flash and just like a basic animation program and now it's Adobe Animate but uh, no one actually uses it anymore uh, and that led to me making my own things and entering uh, video contests and that was like oh I, I, like, I really enjoy this this is fun like I just kind of get lost in this process mm. that's when I kind of knew I was onto something personally in 6th grade um, it started in 6th grade but like uh, I didn't really start I, I started making like really shitty animations like uh in like seventh grade and then in eighth grade it just kind of went on it, just, it was just kind of like something i was dabbling in uh-huh. and then uh, my freshman year like i saw this video contest and i was like uh it was a video contest for wonderful pistachios ah and i was like i looked at the, it's kind of dismissive of it but then i saw the uh submissions and i was like these are all crap like i could do better than this and so i made two videos and they were crap as well but <laughs> i was prideful enough to think they were great um, and then, uh, towards the end of that, of course I didn't win, but I got this email saying like, uh, like, Hey, you made like the top 100 and this oh. is like of a lot of, uh, a lot of people. So they sent me like a, a t-shirt and like, uh, two really big bags of pistachios. Nice. <laughs> I was like, I didn't win, but like, that's, that's some cool validation. Oh, that's winning. Yeah, that's yeah. winning. <laughs> and so, uh, I ended a few more. Um, I won another one and like got some sort of cell phone and then, uh, I won a few local student films here, like the Stop Film Fest and that's still a thing. But, um, so yeah, just like winning those, winning those, doing a little bit of freelance work for, uh, it used to be McCormick Advertising, but now I believe it's MCMC Marketing or Mary Coin Marketing. But, uh, yeah, just kind of cutting my teeth. And then like my junior year, I had my first like freelance gig where I got paid way too much for the most crappy animation. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it worked out well. He was happy with it and I was happy with it. And so it was, it was a good, it was definitely a good way to cut my teeth on it for sure. Is it kind of one of those things that... Um, like as you develop and as you advance in skill, everything that you've done previous, you would consider shit because now you're capable. Yeah. yeah or like, mean, so like, for instance, I might look at that same animation that you're saying, yeah. oh, it was shit. And I might look at it and say, no, that was super cool. Like that was really yeah. good, but I'm not looking at it as like from the same technical aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, like the, the more, the more you learn, the more, uh, the more you learn, the more skill you have to put into it. So that just means more work, but like mm-hmm. it looks, it looks better in your own eyes. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like a, it's like a mild frustration for I guess creatives because we're always trying to be better, and we're always, we always have someone we're looking up to. And then what's really annoying too is that like nine times out of ten, the person you're looking up to is like they have their own person they're looking up to in their child. Oh yeah, be great as well. There's the, the uh, guy people. Uh, his name's Mike Winkleman, but his Instagram handle is people crap. Uh, He's a, I mean, he's like just soaring over everybody else, but he's like still so self-depreciating. Like, no, like my work's shit. It's like, it's not where I want to be. Dude, just stop, man. Come on. Yeah. Just take the win. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. And it's just, I think everyone's always, uh, once they've got the bug, they're always trying to just improve themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. So, um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, uh, to me, sometimes artistic people try to remove layers mm-hmm. between them and their art. Yeah. 
But for me, and this is like a personal, I wouldn't say it's prejudice, but it's like one of those things I'm not very good with computers. So to me, getting more and more advanced and doing more and more digital and more complex, it's almost like putting more layers between yourself and like the final product. Is that how you view it? Or do you view it as um, just like putting a new paintbrush into the into the bucket yeah i mean it's kind of it's kind of both um because it's i think it's all about i guess with like uh with the digital media and like making digital media if you're going for more complex stuff then it's always about learning how to do that in a quick way or the quickest way um and so it's like it's it's half and half where it's like one it's like oh like this isn't like buying like a new set of like 40 paint brushes but they all do like a specific mm. they all can only like paint one color or whatever but then it's also knowing like which one to choose and how to use it in the best way. Um, and so for like removing yourself from the art, um, it's, it's very much like, uh, there's another guy named, uh, Ash Thorpe and he has, a, he's like one of the top dogs in the animation game. Uh, and he compares it a lot to like a jujitsu in a way mm. where it's just like, there's unlimited ways to like take down your opponent, but like there's only one that's going to like be the best. And so it's like a matter of like kind of like striving for that. Mm. So it's, uh, I don't know if that answers your question entirely, but it's, it's like a learning process and like, uh, it, it's, my, my field is really interesting cause it's like kind of a combination between like painting and engineering. Like it's very technical, but it's also very, very creative. Right. So it's like going back and forth between that. Yeah. That's one of the questions I had was like the, you know, it, it's an artsy thing. You have to be yeah. creative, but there's also like a huge engineering oh, aspect yeah. of, a lot of it. Technical aspects of it. And like, sure. so did that come naturally to you or or was that something that you had to like work towards you know sometimes you have yeah. an engineering mindset that yeah. has to learn to be creative or vice versa like yeah i think i've always wondered like which one i'm more dominating because it's the whole like left brain right brain sort of idea um i think i, I, I definitely not need to be more like uh, organized in that sense because mm. i just tend to like uh throw everything on the screen and be like oh i need that and i need that and then it's just like uh, if like, I, I fear the day where like someone has to like take my project and like work on it. Cause then it's just like, it's like, uh, if you're like working in your garage and like everything's strung out yeah. and like, uh, you invite your friend who's also a mechanic to come over and he's like, so where's uh where's the socket? And you're like, I'm so embarrassed because <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, if you weren't here, I would know, but like, here we are. But, um, so it's, it's a matter of like kind of balancing that, um, there's some areas where I know I need to be more, like, I need to be more engineering-minded, like, be more efficient. There's also areas where it's just, like, oh, I need to actually, like, just spend a day watching short films and, like, pick out what I like about those things. Mm. And, like, kind of, like, uh, grow that creativity aspect. So it's it's a double-sided road. Um, I really I really admire kind of more now people who are on the extremes. Like, they're super, super analytical. Uh, like, I really admire, like, programmers and accountants because it's just, like, I can never do that. Like, I'd kill myself. And I also really admire like uh, painters and uh, like singers and musicians. It was just like they're two ends of the, of the opposite spectrum. Mm. And so it's like I know I'm kind of like right in the middle, especially in the work that I do. Uh, so I have a lot of appreciation for both, but also just kind of like a, a apprehension toward those extremes. Mm. Yeah, it is interesting because you almost have to land in the middle. Yeah. Uh, for exactly what you're doing, you yeah. have to be yeah. both be able to go in both directions yeah, you know it's, it's essentially really really technical art and mm. like if you're doing it for if you're doing it for pay then you better know how to do it like well and quick right yeah. right yeah time is money in that in that regard and 
And then you also have to make sure that your client is happy with yeah. the product. <laughs> and that's a whole nother discussion. Because you might put in 10 yeah. hours on yeah. Like, wait, we talked about that back yeah. when you still lived in Amarillo. Yeah. I saw you a couple times and you looked like crazy. Yeah, like, yeah that like, was the, the, darkest, yeah. Uh, the darkest hour for Cole Holloway. It's like, I don't know what to do with this client. There was a couple of times where you were like, dude, I'm I'm working all yeah. the time. <laughs> and I'm bang, Staring bang, into the face <laughs> It was not fun. Yeah, that was uh, that was an experience. But no, I mean, like even in that too, it's just like uh, even though it's kind of going through hell, it's just like I learned like oh, like this was all about workflow and like making sure that I knew like the best way to tackle this. And so, I mean, with any any new project, you know, spend a lot of time like kind of flailing about. Uh, but that one was especially difficult because the client didn't really help at all. But uh, I mean, <laughs> end of the day, like I, I learned a lot from that, and like I would I don't regret anything about that for sure. Right. Right. So. Um, how many hours do you think you've stared into the screen of a computer? I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably too many, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, not you don't actually have to. Like, I was I, just I thinking, say, like, because like, like the whole the whole like uh, like mastery number is like you have to spend like ten thousand hours mm -hmm. on some sort of field, and then you become like the master, and they can really start like like then in theory you're actually creating like original art or whatever. So I would think somewhere just shooting randomly, uh, maybe like 5,000 hours, 4,000, I don't really know. I have no idea. Yeah, no idea. Uh, I knew that was a little bit of a, yeah. of a throw out question, but it was just kind of one of those things like I imagine it's, uh, I imagine it's quite, quite yeah. elevated, yeah, quite I'm high. I'm surprised my, my contact prescription is in like a higher, thicker number. <laughs> has it gotten any, like, has uh, your, it's, have it's, you it's, noticed any like uh, physical... Nah, everyone talks about like carpal tunnel, but I haven't really had that yet. I no. mean, I, I always try to like, uh, there was like a rule for actually like animators and computer workers where it's like uh, the 20-20 rule, like every 20 minutes, you start something that's 20 yards away or 20 feet away. Oh. And that like really keeps the strain off. And so that's Ooh. that's been working for me pretty well. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so it's kind of interesting because you live in a physical world, but yeah. you work in a digital world. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this a little bit because it, it was interesting to me. You know, there's so many fields that are going to complete online, complete digital. Yeah. Yet you still moved to LA. So yeah. your physical body still has to be somewhere, even though like your work is in a digital form. Yeah, totally. Does that ever like mess with your mind? Like, do you ever feel like, you're, uh, <laughs> you know, reboot or did you ever see that TV show? Reboots? Yeah, it just popped in my head. It's like, um, it's like follows this kid and they're in a computer. But um, it's like a world in the computer. Yeah. Like so it's not like humans in the computer, but they have like, yeah, like they that. have like uh, the mainframe, I yeah, think, is mainframe. a thing. And like, uh, there's like one boss and he's always like trying to infect a virus on the city uh -huh. or anything. But do you ever feel like you're trapped in a computer or anything like that? Um, I think the, not necessarily, because I mean, at least in every, in every working environment that I've done in, whether it's freelance or for studios, it's always like, like everyone's very chill and like, I can just like go out and just like walk outside or whatever and like mm -hmm. take a break which is more necessary than i i realize <laughs> but uh i think i think when uh, a, a real sign that i know when like I'm, I'm going in too deep is when like i'm away from the computer and i'm like i make some mistake like cooking or doing whatever and like control z like, <laughs> like oh, no 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 i need to take a break like <laughs> i need a day off right now this is not good <laughs> 
Like when I'm when I'm doing like a oh that's funny when, when the workflow is bleeding into real life. That's when I know I need to like take a serious break and just have, have you noticed like your language uh, like your language center like shifting over to to keys to keystrokes? No, not really. When like that happens, I'm gonna be terrified. Yeah, <laughs> Probably gonna consider uh, my life choices at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like I need to take a one year sabbatical and just uh, like. Uh, have you seen uh, this is more like the Joe Rogan field? But have you seen like uh, that guy Primal Technology, mm. Primitive Technology? He's on YouTube. His entire thing is like he just like goes out into like the Australian outback and like is he like here's how to make a house and like he doesn't oh. speak at all but he just like makes this wooden hut. Like, I have hut. I have seen some time lapse videos yeah. of a guy starting from scratch and building you know yeah. and he builds like a little oven and shit or like yeah. a fireplace oven thing. Yeah, that, that's kind of things where it's like when I'm like really in deep and like just go to the outback and just make a house or something <laughs> cut loose yeah, yeah get away yeah. from as much technology as possible mm-hmm. it is kind of interesting because like uh most people well i don't even i don't even know if i can say most people now yeah. but when they leave the office they're leaving their ability to work but i yeah. imagine with you oh, you're probably never more than two steps or you yeah know, and i mean it's just like i don't think i i, I think that i have like a very positive view of work just because I mean, then Shimon like requires you to be a workaholic, but um, I mean, I think work is at the end of the day really good. I mean, I know at, at extremes it can it can be really unhealthy, but uh, I mean, you should be putting like the same sort of care into your career that you do into like uh, your family or your relationships or like even like just cooking a meal or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just always sort of like like striving to be better in that sense. Um, and like that's the thing too. It's um, because when I'm even now when I'm not like at the office, like I still want to be learning more and like uh, investing more into the skill set. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's, and I've really learned this the hard way I recently, just like, like, yeah, I should be really going hard and, and learning more and like working hard, but like also like on Sunday or Saturday, like I just need to take the entire day off and just like be away from a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause then there's always that temptation to be like, Oh, but you could be like, instead of riding your bike, uh, in Santa Monica, you could be like doing the new tutorial. You could be like learning this new little thing, or you could be investing more, or whatever. Um, and like over a long, over like a month, doing a month of that, where you're just like constantly uh, spinning the wheels, like it's, it's just you're gonna like hit your life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and do you feel like uh, a certain amount of it is in order to like bring a freshness to the art? That you might yeah. need to take a time, like take a little break from the art. You know? Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean, it was even like a Peterson saying, and I mean, it's obvious, obviously in the Bible of like uh, a Sabbath, but um, just if you're working seven days out of the week and then you shift into taking just one day off where you intently do not work at all, uh, that increases your productivity of those six days mm-hmm. more than does like the, the entire seven combined. Um, and I think for me too, it's just like. I see a lot of people and like whoever you've been met where it's just like, like, I mean, it goes back to the same thing when I saw in sixth grade of like the little animation. It's like, that's really cool. I want to make that. And so now I'm even seeing stuff as well. It's like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I want to make that. And that, that sort of thing. Uh, and like, even now as I'm getting older and like reading a lot more and like learning a lot more, like there are stories like I want to tell and there are ideas that I want to convey uh, mm-hmm. in this format. Uh, which is something I didn't really have before, but now it's just like, oh, like I want to be able to do those ideas and those thoughts justice. Do you ever see something and think, man, I could animate that? Like, uh, for instance, something that's like not really graspable, like uh, like a wave breaking on the shore or yeah. something like that. Do you ever see something like that and think, like, how can I capture something um, like that in an animation? 
Yeah, water's hard <laughs> for animators. Um, but uh, there are a lot of times, like, uh, I think it's more like uh, abstract ideas. Mm. Like, I love uh, Jordan Peterson's work. And so it's like, and he has some really, like, freaking abstract ideas. It's like, how can I, how can I convey that and communicate that, like, in a, in a visual sense, mm. like an abstract animation sense, to where it looks really good, but, it, like, it also is in line with what Peterson's saying. Yeah, that's one thing I've been really loving. Do you follow Theo Vaughn? Um, I, I've just barely. I've listened to his podcast with uh, Peterson on there. I think yeah. that's one of the best ones because he's actually able to like, crack up with him. He's such a serious, depressing Oh, guy. yeah, dude. I think, like, I no, think we're joking, bro. pretty much Theo Vaughn, I don't think anybody can sit across from him and not. like. Yeah, you know, He's that. had some hard men yeah. sit across from him, and he gets them all kind of cracking up a little yeah. bit. But they uh, on his Instagram, he's been... You know, the same thing with Joe Rogan. You know how they have those little animations. Yeah, is that like what, uh, Poppy Tunes or whatever? Uh, maybe Poppy okay. Tunes. I'm not exactly sure. But there is one with Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah. Where they're a- where the animation goes to the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And it adds like a whole different level sure, to yeah. the conversation. I mean, it just makes it so much more relatable or digestible or something yeah, like that. It's not just two guys like talking about a story, but it's like you actually see the story playing out. Right, right. Yeah. It's and amazing. Then, you and what's perfect is when like the animator can like make their little jokes in along with it, mm-hmm. like little quips visually. And it's just, That's amazing. It works really well. Um so next thing I was gonna talk to you a little bit about was moving to LA. So an right. Amarello, West Texas boy. Yeah, that's right. To twenty two years old? Is that how you old you were? Uh, when you I was twenty three. Twenty three, yeah. and you'd only lived in Amarillo at that point. Yeah. Um, so, what was it like moving to LA? Like, uh, were there a lot of apprehension at first? Or um, so I think the biggest, uh, like, I guess, culture shock that I had was when I first went there for the job interview, and uh, I will never forget this because it was like it's just really it was a really really stressful day for a lot of reasons, but. Uh, um, the hotel that the company had me staying at for the interview was uh, about it was like a 50 minute walk away and like they, they already said like hey just like give us the receipts for uber and like we'll reimburse you just a super stressful day and like i enjoy walking i walk my dog all the time when i'm here i was like it's stressful i'm just gonna walk to uh walk down Ventura boulevard to uh, the hotel and so as i'm walking uh totally overdressed for this interview and i'm just this small town boy with a blazer from JC Penney's trying to <laughs> trying to look passable. Uh, and so then as I'm walking down, just mentally exhausted, this uh, guy like makes eye contact with me and just stops me. He's like, excuse me, are you from are you from around here? I'm just like, bro, no, this is my first day, man. Come on. And like he's this very, very, uh, very gay guy. And he's just like criticizing my style for a good five minutes. So I was oh. like And I was, I was I was so exhausted, I was just like I had I didn't have it in me just like be like screw you and walk away, but I was just like, uh-huh. Yeah, no, tell me more. Okay, cool. And he's like, like I'm a writer for this magazine, and, 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 and like, this is my Insta. I was like, okay, yeah. It's just, I was just wiped out. And then uh, he ends his entire, like, discussion with, like, I'm sorry, I'm so effed up right now. And, like, it's, like, 5 p.m. And then he just walks off, and I was like, well, welcome to L.A. LA. <laughs> I've arrived. Although, I've never experienced anything like that since then, thank mm. the Lord. But, uh, no, it was, it's been, uh... I was expecting that to be like the norm. I was expecting mm-hmm. every person left, right, and center to be criticizing you for not wearing like a four hundred dollar Gucci shirt or something. But it's been the opposite kind of happened. I met like a lot of really, really good people. A lot of people who are uh, like big Peterson fans, big philosophy fans. Uh, me and my roommate are really have really kicked it off really well. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really, really good. I know I'm living in a bit of a bubble, but uh, it's been it's been great. I don't tend to leave that bubble. <laughs> Do you do you feel like, and granted, 
I I just know Amarillo, which is I feel like not at all like LA, but possibly shares that there are all these different bubbles. For sure. And one of the things I've really liked about doing this podcast is it's allowed me to like penetrate yeah, some of yeah. these different bubbles, you know, like because uh-huh. I'm uh, searching out interesting people. Um, so I find interesting bubbles that they inhabit that don't even touch these other bubbles. So you find yeah. these like little groups of people here in Amarillo. Yeah. I, I considered about 30, 30 yeah. people per bubble. Maybe in LA it's quite a bit more. But uh, is it is it a similar thing there? Like if you were trying yeah. to find the everybody wearing $400 Gucci shirts. Oh, I'm sure you find If them. that's a thing. Yeah. I mean like uh, there's different – LA is like it's like Dallas. Like there's multiple different little cities, and like each city has its own little cliques. Like uh, Los Feliz is like the uh, uh, it's essentially like the hipster uh, area. Santa Monica is like the rich entrepreneur area. Mm. Uh, West like there's a little area called Westwood, which is like the UCLA college kids. Mm. Uh, the Valley is where everyone who's out of college uh, lives and is trying like everyone who's trying to make it in the industry is in the Valley, and they all drive into. LA um so like those are like like the I guess like the mega clicks or whatever like just based on where, near, where you live uh but when you like really distill into it like there's hundreds of different little groups and uh social circles um I've been more with I guess I guess the more conservative libertarian uh Christian group I guess <laughs> uh and that's kind of where uh I've set my tent up um, but I mean, so like I've met a lot of different people and it's been, it's been a really cool experience. Um, I have no idea how many other little like subgroups there are though. It's like, it's gotta be hundreds of thousands. I bet there's a diagram. I bet somebody's working on that, you know? Yeah, you get like, like the, like the Facebook, like connections <laughs> yeah. thing and you see like little, like it's these people, these are like the, like the gay directors and these are like the lesbian directors and these are the still straight directors who kind of feel bad about being straight. And then you have like all this other stuff, but, uh, yeah, there's got to be thousands of them. Yeah. So um, whenever I talked to you, like right before you left Amarillo, you were like a little reluctant. You know, most yeah. people, whenever they or I say most people, it seems like there's a lot of people who would be like, ticket out of Amarillo for yeah. like, <laughs> like a profession that I'm wanting to do um, with a company I'm wanting to work for and all this stuff. Like I'm yeah. out of here and I'm Screw like, you guys. yeah, I'm leaving it behind. Yeah. But you had like a little bit of like a reluctance in your yeah. in your approach to it. Um, why why were you well? I guess uh, ticket. Okay, okay. So what did you what did you like at the time about Amarillo slash uh-huh. like now miss about Amarillo? Okay, um, that's a really good question. I've, I've really been kind of like learning those answers, but. Uh, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind this isn't like the the final answer, but like the first thing that comes to mind is like. Uh, uh, the coffee scene here is, you, you would be very surprised at how, at least in my opinion, how it kind of like pales in comparison to LA. Cause I've been trying to find something that's like half as good as a uh, vacation or, or palace. And don't get me wrong. Like LA knows how to bring it in terms of like a quality cup of coffee or whatever for your whole third wave, uh, fanaticism. But, uh, like there is so much intention in palace and vacation to make, uh, that place like a place where you can like either socialize or work, but like, you know, you're welcome there. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you can like, uh, whatever you intend to do, you can do it there and like have a good time, whether it's just like working or whether it's like hanging with friends. Um, and just, it really, really fosters community in a really good way. Everywhere in LA, that I, I haven't found that yet. And it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends who, uh, he was, he went to the for a while and that's how I met him. And then uh, he ended up going to school in uh, LA as well. 
And uh, I was telling him about it. He's like, yeah, you're just, you're just not going to find that there. Like, it's just, it's just not here. Uh, and so I think uh, with Amarillo, just because, like, there's less people here, uh, especially compared to L.A., there's just, like, a much better uh, sense of community, I guess. Mm. Um, whereas with L.A., like, it, it's, it's very strange. You think, like, the more people, the better sense of community you'd have. But, I mean, like, uh, there's just too many people. <laughs> mm. And so it's just, like, you have that crowd of mentality. And I think... Uh, I think for a lot of people that just kind of wears them out and like the last thing they want to it i would argue for a lot of people it encourages them to be more introverted when in reality like i think community should be like really sought out and really like fostered and that's what me and my roommate have kind of been doing with our little social circle is like uh, just bringing people in and like everyone we meet just like hey like we're doing this come join um but yeah amarillo really knows how to do his community well um I think Amarillo just from what I've seen so far and just and when it comes to like churches, coffee shops and work, uh, intentionality is what Amarillo has a lot better. Luckily, the place that I work at, they're very, very intentional as well and like creating like a good space. But uh, everything else is kind of like it's a business. Pay us. Leave. Mm. It's like, nice. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's the whole like southern hospitality idea that just LA doesn't have. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Um. So, um, let's see. So what were some of your, well, you've kind of touched on this, but you're like previously held conventions about LA yeah. or about California yeah. that have either panned out or not panned out. Hmm. Um, <laughs> my car hasn't been stolen yet. So that's oh, nice. nice. I was really yeah. like, like I had this like really janky, like a uh, steering wheel lock that I bought and I've, I've never used it because it's just like, yeah, we're fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of surprised. I, I guess I thought it was gonna be like entirely different. Like, like I was expecting like massive culture shock, uh, and I haven't really. I'm sure I could seek that out if I wanted to, but mm-hmm. I, I haven't yet. I haven't really. I haven't sought out very pretentious, rich people yet, so I don't really intend to just because they're expensive, pretentious yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Um, cost money. Yeah, uh, and just cost time and effort to be around. Um, so I don't know. I've kind of been able to just, like I said, stay in this like a, a good people, a good bubble of people who are like just down to earth and uh, kind of more like deep thinkers and like like to talk philosophy uh, and politics. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. I remember when I first went there. I like I went to Whole Foods and I like saw like a thing of sushi and it was like like the labels at like twenty dollars. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like everything's everything's double. All right, that's what it is. Everything's double. <laughs> And then uh, I was like, oh, that's actually $10. Like, that was just the date or whatever. But then uh, <laughs> after six months there, it's like, yeah, more or less everything's twice as expensive. Really? So, like, yeah, gas is like $4.50. Uh, um, and it's just like you can make more money there. But then again, the entire city is just one giant financial trap that's just trying to get your money. That's one of the things that I, you know, it's now that now that I've been an adult for a while yeah. and I've lived in. You know, this is the se- the this is the second house I've bought, uh-huh. and pay bills and go on vacations and stuff. Yeah, it's like I go to a place. I'm like, how does anybody afford yeah. to live here? You know, like yeah. I I just, uh, Am- you know, I think we are very spoiled in Amarillo yeah. for you know the stuff that we get, and you know, and yeah. then a lot of people are like, well, but there's nothing to do. And it's like, yeah, 
But everything that you can do in a big city yeah. costs, costs money. money. Yeah. It's, like, who, yeah, it's so frustrating. Just who like, has the money? To, oh, but you have so much stuff to do in yeah, It's like, like, I'm trying to save money. It's right? not, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> not for me yeah. to do. But it's if I want to have rich nothing in my bank account and live paycheck to paycheck, I can have a lot of fun in LA. But then again, it's just like, I think the thing too is just like, some of the most fun things you do, like money's kind of trivial. Like it doesn't mm. really matter. Like whether you spent a lot or little, like you don't remember that aspect. Yeah. But, um, but no, um, I mean, just living in LA is ridiculous. I don't want to raise a family in LA. The The price of living here is perfect. And the price of like buying houses here is just ridiculous. It's well, I can't imagine, uh, to me, it, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Which, which you say the company that you work for is? Uh, the Daily Wire. The Daily Wire? Yeah. Okay. Um, do they, what all do they have? They got a, like a magazine? Uh, it's like an online news service. Okay. It's, it's like, uh, it's like Vox. Okay. Or yeah. I, I, Save America. Okay. So, um, I can't believe like companies like that don't say yeah. like, Hey, let's just move our whole company to Amarillo yeah, in Texas. Yeah. And we can basically, like, yeah, I know what sucks is that, uh, the, the, the funders of this company, like they're, they're from Texas. And so, like, I was even, like, at a, at a party with them, and I was, like, of course, joking, but also, like, like you know, every joke has its truth. It's like, so, uh, like, I'm from Texas, too. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're from Dallas. And I was like, yeah, you guys should move this company to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, we have a lot of employees that are from Texas as well. It's, just it's like, like, you should buy, like, yeah. uh, four square miles. Yeah. Or not four square miles, four square blocks uh-huh. of downtown Amarillo for the price that you're paying. Oh, yeah. Easily. You know? Easily. easily. Yeah. Uh, and it's just income tax. I mean, it's like it would make it would make the people who are like born and raised in LA mad, but it make everyone else in, in Texas happy. And it would make their shareholders pretty dang happy too. But yeah, I just it's been it's one of those things, you know. Like uh, as and I and I don't know if this is because I wanted to leave Amarillo for like a portion of my twenties. You uh-huh. know, I had this grass is greener mentality, thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, if I was there, yeah. then I'd be making it. Like, yeah. oh, I'd be having so much fun if I lived over yeah. there, you know? But now that I've pretty much settled, uh-huh. settled, air quote, air you know, yeah. made the decision to stay uh-huh. in Amarillo, I see all of these benefits. Yeah. Uh, financial benefits, like you were saying, community benefits, yeah. no traffic, all of these different things. I wonder if I'm like turning into an old man, you know, <laughs> sometimes, whatever. I, yeah. But I, I do see it and I'm like, you know, I don't understand why anybody that's creative would leave Amarillo. Yeah. You know, because it seems to me like if you're a creative person um, and you want your dollar to go further and, you know. Yeah. I was talking to my friend uh, Andrew Higgins about that and just like the difference between uh, the creative scene in LA and Amarillo. And I was like really kind of like trying to like hash it through because it's not an easy question, but like, uh, like, yeah, like the price of living here for a creative in Amarillo is super low or for anyone is super low. But also, too, like the market for creativity in Amarillo is super low. It's, it's, it's pretty sparse. Mm. Um, and so I was like really trying to think, like, well, like, what's because it's like a double edged coin. Like, we're like, we're in LA. Uh, the market for creativity is through the roof. Like, there's, a, I mean, I guess I can't speak for every single creative. Uh, like, there's a ton of writers who are Uber drivers, but like, uh, there's a lot of money there to be made. But the price of living there is insane. Um, so it's like, you can't like have your cake and eat it too. Mm. Um, and I was thinking one of the biggest differences, regardless of that, when it comes to LA and Amarillo is that there's more, 
there's more of a drive, I guess, at least this is what I've experienced subjectively, but like there's more a drive for creativity and creatives. Like there's more of that push. Whereas with Amarillo, it's just kind of more like blue collar, easy living, like just raise, like you just wanting to raise your family and kind of like live a more, uh, maybe not, that's the word, like you don't want to live as an intense a life as someone who's in LA, like throwing a lot of hours into their career and like really uh, mm. making their way. So there's, there's more of that like, there's more of a sense of uh, community in the sense that like everyone is out there pursuing their dream. And so it's really in uh, inspiring to see people who are like, maybe not like making a killing, but like there's a guy, there's two people I've met who, uh, uh, they just make vlogs and like they're living a great life and they, they like love what they do. Say that again. They just make uh, vlogs on YouTube. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, like they're monetized and like the money's coming in, uh, and they can pay their rent and like really nice apartments, uh, mm. in like West Hollywood. And it's like, but see, so that's that's my, that's my question. They're making some vlogs, vlogs. Yeah, it's like just YouTube videos. So they're yeah. making that, and so all of their money's coming in through the internet. Yeah, it's not coming in because they're in LA, right? Yeah, or yeah. is I mean, it I mean, coming like, in because they're? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I'd argue more like just because they're following the passion. But like when you when you get when you're in a city where like uh, that's what everyone's doing, you're more inspired to have that sort of hustle mm. and to like kind of like. Uh, what was it? What's the, what the phrase? You're more inspired to like pursue your passion even harder, and like it's more of that momentum, like a that. sense of urgency. Yeah, yeah, because like you know that like oh like this is the same area where like people who I've looked up to are working, and these people, and this is where like I'm also competing against other creatives. Mm. Um, so there's more of that like sort of it's kind of like I guess in my experience like fuel to the fire, and like you're you're inspired more and you're challenged more. You get all of that, whereas with Amarillo, just. Professional creatives are so sparse that uh, you really, it's there, but you really have to seek those sort of people out mm. to like get feedback or to get encouragement or inspiration or momentum in that sense. Mm, that's interesting. Um, so let's jump down to uh, Jordan B. Peterson. Hell yeah. So this is one thing I was wanting to talk to you about before you left. Okay. Um, because, so, which granted, I've heard some criticisms about Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah. I'm not sure I agree with any of the criticisms that I've heard. Um, but what would your like summation be? Like somebody that's never heard of Jordan B. Peterson, what would like Cole's summation of like his? Hmm. Would I be like just someone who's never heard of him? Let's just say you're at a party okay. and you're meeting a 23-year-old man who has uh, lost his way and okay, you know, or something like that. Um, I would say. I've, I've, and I've tried to like introduce him to a lot of people before, but just like, he's one of the most, and whenever I like, I try to like kind of like read the person to like kind of like personally package, like it's this guy and here he is, yeah. I'll help you out. Um, one of the most pragmatic and useful speakers, especially if you're a guy uh, who's out there, like what he's, what he's saying is. The, the, the wisdom that he speaks about and things they talk about uh, is essentially priceless because, I mean, like, it'll, if you do the things he's saying, it's going to just improve your life, period, to some extent. And you're, you're kind of passively shooting yourself in the foot if you just ignore what he's saying. Or even if you be like, there was one guy I got in, like, a Facebook fight about a while ago. Uh, very, very as Peterson would say, ideologically driven, but just like denouncing everything that Peterson was saying just because of like one or two little critiques, which are, in my opinion, unfounded. But I was just like, I was just telling him like, dude, like 
if you can't get any good ideas or practical uses out of what he talks about, uh, then like, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm not going to argue with you, but like, cause there, there's no point. Like if you're just setting your ways and you don't think there's any benefit from him, then like, good luck to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what to tell you. How did you get into Jordan B. Peterson? Like, where'd you first hear about him? Um, my college pastor, Daniel Prophet, mm. uh, he brought him up and then I started listening to his podcast and I was like, this guy is on another level. This, it's insane. So you yeah. actually went straight to Jordan B. Peterson's. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, this was when he was, this was like an early 2017 when he was like still a professor at Toronto. Mm. And, uh, this is, I mean, what put him on the map was this whole, like, uh, freedom of speech and gender yeah. preferences. And so, uh, got into his stuff and then like really, really got into his like, uh, lectures. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, he's just, uh, he's, we talked about like the whole, let's bring up like the whole like 10,000 hours and everything. Like he's like, he's a guy who was like spent probably 20 to 30,000 hours just like focusing on like the human mind and the human soul and how best, uh, how to best not necessarily improve that, but to like bring meaning and bring, Bring meaning to to people and like bring like restoration and, and healing to like their psychological problems. It's like leveraging the natural aspects that you can't control of being a human. Yeah. By by manipulating the things that you can control, which a lot of it is like yeah. perspective and Yeah, I was just like it's routine. like you can't you can't get yourself out of a hole if you're just looking down at it. Like you gotta look up to something. I think that's this whole philosophy of like mm. aim as high as you possibly can and go all out and then like your your pettier problems will kind of dissolve in a way, right? And that, I'm butchering what he's saying as it is, but it's just like, yeah, just just look him up on his podcast. Start with the first one at the very bottom, and you'll be set. Well, and then uh, all the way I heard about him originally uh-huh. and got into him was through Joe Rogan's podcast. And I've listened, yeah. I've listened to uh, maybe every one of the ones where he's on, yeah, with, because I really, I've really been <clears throat> interested in that because. Joe Rogan, which I don't know exactly um, his stance on uh, spirituality in yeah. the larger sense, but I know he doesn't necessarily believe in like yeah, Christianity a, or the Christian a respect. And I think that's yeah, like yeah. one of those things that Peterson did the best of. I mean, like Peterson can Peterson's probably the only person who can really turn an atheist on just to the idea of like Christian theology. Well, see, I think that that's one of the one of the things that bothers me the most about the atheistic view uh-huh. is most of the time they're missing the point or they're misreading yeah. what the uh, what the theological meaning yeah. is. Like yeah. they're it, they're almost like taking the bastardized, um, uneducated yeah. like Christian view. And saying that that is what the Bible is, yeah. There, there's instead like a, of processing and saying, okay, there is a deep level to this. There is a yeah. there's an innate meaning or something. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, there's even like an example. It's like uh, like Richard Dawkins on Twitter like uh, retweeted this very ill-informed like religious Christian tweet from I can't remember what it was about, but it was from like a not the smartest uh, lady at the congregation. In, in some sort of like southern Alabama church or whatever and he's like oh this is stupid and then uh, Pearson's like seriously like a man of your intellect is criticizing someone like this like come on like like pick your own like fight yeah. someone you can intellectually fight yeah um, yeah there, there's a lot of stuff with that but I mean at, at this point now it's just like I think a lot of people 
I think a lot of people are motivated by their painful experiences and they want to validate that in some way. And I think when you have a lot of people who are like, who are, who are atheists, uh, like they have a bone to pick with the church because they've been wronged by the church in some way, or they've been wronged by someone who's a Christian in some way. And so like they want to, they want to solidify and keep that idea down that it's like, Oh, it's a bad idea. So mm. like I'm going to rationalize any sort of, any sort of bad hot take I have on Christianity. Yeah, most of the time, and this is what's kind of interesting to me about about listening. One of the things that I think that Peterson does really well, because I know a lot of different types of people that yeah. listen to him, and they all like him, Yeah, and they all get something out of it. And one of the things I think he does really well is he, um, I think that there's a lot of things that people want to say to themselves, no. um, like bad habits that they want to break, or yeah. things things that they do that they know they don't want to do yeah but they they need help so like yeah. whenever somebody else is saying it it almost opens you up to yeah. being able to yeah. hear it even though it's what you've been wanting to say to yourself you know yeah. and thinking like, I mean, yourself yeah you know? and like that's that's the thing too like he, he spent like his entire life's work when he's not writing and he's being a, a, a clinical psychologist like that's that's the side of people he's trying to like kind of resurrect and like mm-hmm. talk to and so when he's mm-hmm. put all those hours into like then he can do that like on a grand scale and like a theater or online and like really tap into that sort of tap into people's conscience. Well, seeing that that's one of the things that I think is so cool about reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. And the reason that it's still so relevant is because partially when you're reading something, yeah. You're you're putting your own personal spin on it, you're putting it through your own lens, right? Yeah. So if if you're needing it to say something, like Ten people can read the exact same yeah. verse and interpret it saying something different to them. You know, it's yeah. just a it's just an opportunity to say, Okay, I'm trying to be a better person yeah. and now I'm gonna read this trying to be a better person. Therefore yeah. it almost opens up an avenue for you to hear something. Yeah. You know, sure, it opens sure. you up to hearing it and stuff. And that's that's one of the things that I think has really been lost about religion yeah. is <clears throat> that so many people are trying to gain knowledge of an external system instead yeah. of using the external system to gain knowledge of. Themselves. Yeah, no, there was a, that's a really, really profound point. And like, that's almost kind of dangerous. There was a quote that was like, uh, like the worst thing you can do to someone is give them an answer to a question they haven't asked. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and like, <laughs> this is, uh, a more, and this is like, I've seen people on the side hinge. I've seen people do this as well, where it's just like all they care about in taking in information, is just that little like kick of like epiphany of like, oh, that makes sense. Like, mm. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. But like, if they don't apply that, then it's just like you're just going in just to like feel smarter. Well, and sometimes it, it seems like you're plugging it into your own narrative, so yeah, you're only yeah. looking for something yeah, that conform yeah. that conforms to what you are. At. So you're like, oh, I hate. Uh, people with blonde hair. Yeah. So everything you're hearing is either bullshit, it's something yeah. that doesn't have any relevance, yeah. or it confirms that yeah, or blonde hair. Probably yeah. Does. yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting. It's like a really fine line. I've I've realized it. Uh, I feel like I've realized it maybe my whole life, mm-hmm. but I've only been able to start conceptualizing it since I think like uh, I'm starting to think like the the male brain, which I know that there's some science is like 28. Maybe you stop, like maybe you're at like an adult brain. Yeah, or I think it's like 20, like 25 that. when like your brain stops developing. Like but dude, I'm like, telling you, man, I'm seeing shit differently. Like, <laughs> like stuff that I thought was so clear cut or uh, that I thought was so simple or that yeah. I thought was uh, easily understood. Like I'm almost, even like songs I've been hearing, like uh, a song I listened to 
in fifth grade. And yeah. it was my, I love this song. I listen to it all the time. And then I listen back to it now and I'm like, damn, there's, yeah. there's so many layers to that yeah, song that no. I wasn't even like hearing, you know? Yeah, no, growing up, my parents uh, would always like have a switch foot on, like the semi Christian music band or whatever. Um, they'd always be playing that. And then like, uh, I think when I was like in high school, like it just kind of stopped. But I, I remember like in like elementary middle school, it was always like playing in the car or whatever. And then like recently, like went back to it and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is some like seriously solid poetry. I just mm. never paid attention to it. Yeah, it's just always white noise. White noise. Yeah, I mean essentially, because like if you're growing up, you don't have no taste. In oh music, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, they're playing it. Whatever. Well, and yeah. even like that's the thing with like animation or all these different things. You yeah. when you're a kid, you might see a cartoon and. Uh, you're just taking in the story. You're not thinking about it, and then yeah. you see it as a grown up or as a professional. Yeah. And you're like, "Damn, that was advanced!" Or "Damn, yeah. that was cool!" Or that really pushed the limit. You know, yeah, you're seeing sure. it with a whole new set of eyes, or yeah. or almost looking at it in a different way, or for yeah. a different reason. I'm not exactly sure. There's a lot of a lot of levels to that. So, um, sure. why do you think Peterson's message is so like relevant? Like, why do you think it? Which I mean, I've heard him kind of explain a couple different times on Rogan's yeah. podcast and stuff about yeah, but, about it. Why, why do you I'll think try it not hit to give like a rehashed a, answer? Why do you think it hit like a bomb, like it did? You know? Yeah. Oh man, I'm really gonna try to do like a voice piece for what he's already explained uh, for this, but and I'm probably going to anyway. I. Well, that's okay. I mean, yeah. some, I mean, a lot of people probably haven't to, listened to. Yeah, I'm trying to rehash it in a way that I think, but. I think that let me let me process this real quick. Or maybe let's make it more specific. Okay. Why was it for you? Like what okay, what cool. what, yeah. what hit so much about it for you? Not necessarily in like the the larger so, sense. What really got me hooked into him and was his uh, uh what he had to say about like uh, the Genesis and like the Genesis. <laughs> what he had to say about Genesis and how he gave like this crazy crazy evolutionary biologist view of which, which validated uh, the story of Genesis, like the story of creation. And just YouTube it. I mean, my gosh, if you're listening. But uh, it's it was so crazy because like it seems that like uh, evolutionary biology was always like the biggest hammer against uh, Christian theology, which is like, oh, like there's no man in the sky. Like there was never a talking snake. And he like gives, whether you believe it or not, like he gives a very, very solid, uh, solid evolutionary biology uh explanation of like the creation story mm. uh so so that gives you like as a believer that gives me two roots where it's like oh like the original like adam and eve and uh like literally uh ate a fruit and there was literally a talking snake that uh was a was literally uh the devil man manifested or i have this root of no like this is the story that encapsulates humans gaining consciousness and the consequences of that. Mm. And as a believer, believer, I think for the most part, I could be totally wrong, but I think those kind of both work, whether way you want to go. Um, and so that's what really hooked me in about that. Like the points he made were just silly, uh, made so much sense. But uh, I think his also, I think, I think what's hooked a lot of me and like a lot of other people is just uh, his idea of not necessarily... I, by these standards, extreme responsibility, but just the idea that, like, no, like, as a man, uh, you're responsible for all of your actions. And I think I was familiar with those ideas because I enjoy, like, self-development and uh, philosophy, but, like, he just honed it down so well and condensed so many other philosophers' thoughts where it's just like, no, like, your life is a tragedy and it will only get worse and worse and worse unless you do something about that. 
Uh, one of his quotes that really stuck out to me when I first got into him was, uh, your happiness is directly linked to the amount of responsibility you take on. Mm. I was like, that's, that's solid. Um, and just how much, how much in life uh, you take responsibility for and how much you own. Uh, and even when like, you're making like, some mistake happens and it's 99% someone else's fault and then 1% yours, like, realizing that and owning it. Uh, and not like blowing it out of proportion and like, beating yourself up with it, but like, okay, no, like, this happened... How can I? How could I prevent? How could I prevent this person from making that mistake again? Like that sort of thing. Mm. Um, just that, and like uh, just the whole idea of the whole sort of philosophy of like, uh, like yeah, like you should strive to make the best life you can because why wouldn't you? Like every other option is worse. Yeah. Well, and it's, it yeah. it seems it seems interesting. Like a lot of people get into situations by not approaching their life consciously yeah by approaching their life reactionarily you know so then you have people that that say things like oh well why did this happen to me yeah or why did and it's it's kind of interesting you know like uh whenever somebody's dealing with death or or all of these different things it's like you didn't think that was gonna happen yeah like why why do we not prepare for the tragedy that we know is coming. Yeah. And like, that's one of the things that's I think is cool about. Yeah, I yeah. think it's cool about Peterson. I think it's cool about a lot of uh, a lot of different people. I think, um, well, I can't think of any specifics off the top of my head, but it is kind of one of those things where it's like, don't wait until death is knocking yeah, at the door yeah. to be prepared to open the door. I think I should write my novel right now. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like prepare for death to knock on the door. Yeah. And then when death comes knocking... You can welcome it yeah. instead of being scared of it or being uh, yeah. re- remorseful. Or yeah, there was a really yeah. I think this is uh, my college pastor tied this up really this whole idea stream really well. But it was like with Peterson's thoughts and death, and I'm gonna try to do it justice. Um, but he was saying that like uh, Peterson's take on like uh, like essentially like picking up your cross and like bearing it and like realizing that like life is uh, unbearably tragic. There was a good. It wasn't Peterson. There was another good quote that was like. Uh, for the best life that was ever lived, it was still unbearably tragic. Mm. And just like the fact that like you, you're not going to be able to escape pain and suffering in this world. And so the idea of voluntarily picking up your, uh, picking up your cross and bearing it, like accepting death and carrying on and still trying to alleviate suffering when you can. Um, I mean, that's, that's essentially like in Peterson's view and in my view, that's like in most Christians view, the message of the cross, like voluntarily saying like, Hey, I'm, dying to myself like my time is limited um whether it's in like small aspects like if you're trying to like quit a bad habit like i'm dying to this habit um when you do that you're following jesus example and so that makes it easier for your community and your friends to follow that example as well and it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily they're following your example because you're following christ's example and so it's that sort of idea where um you're voluntarily accepting death and you're not running away from it. We're like, I, I know a lot of things where it's just like, are you, are you running away from positive change because you're afraid of what you're going to lose in that sense? And that's, that's kind of running about like, like mm. the, like running away from death at your door so that whenever your time does come, it's, it's not like a frantic, frightful thing, but it's just like, no, like I chose, I not necessarily chose this, but like, um, I did the best I could and I have no regrets. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and that's kind of one of the things funny that about tragedy mm-hmm. is it, it increases with yeah. joy. It increases like, so for instance, 
my wife and I talked about this uh, after we had our baby, you know, after we had Emmett. It was kind of like, okay, now the amount of joy and love and uh, fulfillment and all the stuff that I get from that kid, it's Uh it's immense. But the amount of tragedy that I invited into my life. Oh, potential yeah. for tragedy. Yeah, potential for tragedy. Yeah, that okay. I invited him out. He's going to snap his arm. He's going to bump yeah. his head. He's going to die someday. Yeah. Like I'm going to die someday. Like, yeah. even getting married, all these things. Like, So the yeah. more responsibility, the more potential for joy that yeah. you invite into your life, uh, convert, not conversely. Is it conversely? Yeah. Is that the uh, same? You're essentially like, I mean, by, by having your kid, you're essentially like doubling down on life. Right, right. Yeah. You're, you're basically saying, okay, now... Everything is yeah. going to be a little bit more important. Everything's going to matter a little bit more. Everything's going to be a little bit scarier. Yeah, I like mean, everything. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but like it's the same with marriage, right? Uh huh. Yeah, because I mean, like by investing all that emotion and uh, intention, like you're also risking it as well. Oh yeah, right? yeah. You start out like that. You know, my family's been gone. They stay down in Stephenville whenever mm-hmm. I came back up to go yeah. to work and stuff. And so I've had two nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two nights in my house by myself uh-huh. with no dogs, Dang. no wife, no baby. And it's been the weirdest damn yeah, thing that's ever – like yeah. it's just kind of like one of those things where like I find myself like like almost walking circles around the house. Like yeah. what what's my purpose? What yeah. am I here? Like you know, yeah. it's, it's super uh-huh. weird. Yeah, but it's so like now, whereas before, whenever I was single, uh-huh. I'd get a night home by myself all the time. And yeah. it, it never even like registered that I was by myself. Yeah. It was just yeah. the norm, you know? So uh-huh. it's like – it is crazy how you, those things start stacking on top of each other and yeah. it's just like builds this uh, like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's like soil, you know? Like you need yeah. decomposing, decaying things yeah. on top of each other, on top of each other, you know, selves maybe like yeah. as a decomposing guy without, selves. As, as a single guy without kids, like the best way I kind of relate to it is like when uh, like you've been going at it for the gym for like six months and like you're used to like lifting heavy weights and all of a sudden one day you just like go and like lift like... 90% less and you're like this is nothing what's going on like you're doing so much more that's, that's my take it is yeah, yeah it is like that but uh, also there's sometimes whenever I see Emmett or I you know I see him and I'm like uh, what if something happened to him yeah. tomorrow you yeah. know and he was just gone like now I've known him for two and a half years uh-huh. and if it's gone, I I mean, I don't know what I'd do with myself like yeah. maybe maybe yeah. go crazy or some shit you know yeah no, like, I remember thinking like I, yeah, I think you and me both are very, we're in touch with the existentialism side of life. But I remember like being like, what? Would, and the, for some reason, those like freaking like Hallmark movies. I remember going up like like the parents would always die. Like, oh yeah. Ten minutes in, like parents dead. I'm like yeah. What the hell is this? I'm five. But uh, I was like, what would happen if like they died? Like I don't even know what it would, like if my parents would die. I was like I don't even know what happened. And like so like now like there's definitely an element of that. But just like I think now as you grow older and get more mature in this sense, I guess just like. Oh, like I, I think I could handle it. Period. Like I remember when I was younger, it's like I guess I would just kill myself. Like when I was like five or something, it's like because like that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, but now it's just like uh, I guess you get the like sort of like uh, maturity. I guess I don't know. Well, that was all you had. Yeah, but yeah, at the time now was, you yeah. have so yourself. Like, yeah, now you like, have yeah. now you have your life. Yeah, but I mean, like even when it's like like the, the the tragedy of life. Uh, in regards to like your son, your wife, just like, and I don't even have those, those sort of things mm-hmm. in my life yet. But it's just like, yeah, man, I don't know. That's like, right. is it like you're staring, in, you're staring into a void that like I haven't, I'm not familiar with yet. Yeah, it's it's sure. a, it's the strangest thing, man. It's like, and it it's beautiful. 
Like that's the thing. That's how I know life has meaning. Yeah. You know, yeah. because of of the the beautifulness of um and Emmett was planned, you know, but kind yeah. of accident, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I mean, uh there it it's like how can a little bit of sperm and an egg combine yeah. and completely change all of existence and all of purpose and all of yeah. you know, all these different it's funny, it's wild. Oh it's yeah, no, wild. it's it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. weird, dude. It's very it? no, it's like it's I mean like weird. like once you're once you're out of like the whole like like taboo of sex and like once you're once you're outside of middle school, you're like Actually, this shit's crazy. Yeah. Wait. I, <laughs> like, the food I eat will make another person with a lady. Yeah. Like, this is weird. It's, it's like, uh, and how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> you're telling The same freaking problem? <laughs> you're, yeah. you're telling me my parents did what? And my yeah. mom did what? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to be inebriated to appreciate the surrealness of that. <laughs> so, uh, we're at an hour and seven, so I'm going to okay. wrap it up. So. Cool. Big question. Okay. You can answer it as big yeah, or I was, small I wasn't like at the time. I was just like, in, I was, I was uh, entrapped by the next of the wave. I was like, oh, yeah, that was cool. Oh, yeah. We got really loud. <laughs> no, I wasn't paying attention to the time. So uh, how do you define success? Oh, man. Um, my first knee kick reaction will be like, if you're, this is very Peterson inspired, but like if you're pursuing something that is very meaningful to you and it's, it's benefiting other people as well. And like you're you're on that road and you're happy and you're progressing, uh, whether you're progressing towards that road, or you're on that road and you're progressing in that area and like things are going like in an exponential sense. Like you're learning more about how to improve yourself and help people, and you're learning uh, how to be more efficient in that way. I think that's, and of course, if you're getting paid, then that's ideal. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what I would define success as. Not necessarily like. It was, it was an opening one of your podcasts where you're talking about like happiness mm. and you're like, maybe that's not the best thing we should be like shooting for. And I was like, he's on to something. But, uh, but yeah, it's just like, uh, I mean, it's the whole like Peterson idea. Like you shouldn't be pursuing, uh, happiness because like if, if everyone was pursuing happiness, like we'd just be watching like comedy shows 24 seven. Uh, but you should be pursuing, uh, like the sense of meaning and like what, what's meaningful for you, what you resonate with in life, what. How can you benefit yourself and other people uh, and trade that benefit for money so you can mm. keep on doing what you're doing? Nice. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Good one, man. Um, yeah, success is it's, – it's very interesting because I've been thinking about it. I'm about to I'm, – I'm wanting to launch a new aspect of my website uh-huh. called uh, Beat the Primate. Okay. I want to call it Spank the Monkey, <laughs> but I'm not exactly sure my wife will let me do that. That's fair. But the idea is going to be um, for every mile you run, you get okay. 20 points. Okay. For every pull-up you do, you get two points. Okay. And for every push-up, you get a point. Okay. And and the goal is going to be to get more points in a week than okay. I get in a week. Cool, cool. And I was thinking about it because a lot of people say, well, I'm not going to uh, – I've been trying to talk people into doing more half marathons. Yeah. But there are some people that I know that are talented runners yeah. that say, I'm not going to do a race unless I can win it. Oh, yeah. So then they I mean, don't yeah. participate, uh-huh. thereby losing. Yeah. Right? So, like, there's a certain amount of participation that okay. dictates success, not necessarily being in first place, but just participating in it, just yeah. getting to the start line. That's uh-huh. like a certain amount of success. Yeah. We're, we're your barrier, uh, barrier for success is just like, to just show up and run. Yeah. And other people are like, no, like you gotta be first or second. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. gotta, I've gotta win. I've gotta be the best. And it's yeah. like, well, 
not everybody can be the best, you know? Like yeah, that, I like that's also, too, like, I mean, I think with, like, running, I think we were trying to make is like, hey, just, like, this is something that's very fun. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. Like, you just enjoy the experience, not necessarily the result. Well, and, and the result. So if you start doing push-ups and pull-ups every day, yeah. there will be results. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There will be a change. Yeah. There will be... You may not get a medal, but you'll be feeling pretty good. Yeah, you'll, you, yeah. you'll gain the, you know, you'll gain the benefits in yourself, you know? So, yeah. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about, and even with like this podcast and stuff, yeah. you know, people come up all the time and they say, so how's the podcast doing? Uh, and I'm like, damn, that's a really weird question. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know uh, even, I don't even know what the metric of success in a yeah. podcast is. Is it one person listened to it and enjoyed it? Yeah. Or is it a thousand people listened to it? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah, like, like what, what's the point? Like, what's the, yeah. what's the measurement? So success is a tricky thing. And that's why I've been asking yeah. so many people. Like, that's why I, I'm trying to ask every guest. Like, what's yeah. your definition? You know? I think I'm going to elaborate on the answer too. It's just like, uh, I think, I think one of the biggest things that like, especially growing up, like it was like the whole thing, idea was like, what's your passion? Like what you want to do? And it, like my thought was always like your passion, your career should be lined up because mm-hmm. then like your career is supercharged by like, it's, it's just what you enjoy. Uh, but I see so many people who are just like, especially in high school uh, and like when they're going to college and like picking their majors and stuff, it's just like, oh, this is what I want to do. And it's like, do you have any interest in this? Like there's, there's one guy uh, who was like, he was wanting to be an architect or like an architect. Yeah. And... I was like, okay, and like I know this guy pretty well. We were close friends, but he was always programming, like just always programming. Like he has a like Texas Instruments calculator, and he's like programming a game on it, mm. like stuff that I could never do. I was just like, bro, you should not be an architect. You, you just go go into computer science. Just go into computer science. And it's like there's so many people I've seen who like they have, they never asked themselves like what did they enjoy, and I think that's like a good, mm. that's a good way. You have to like learn to. And this is, I think Peterson touches on this, but like, you have to learn to like develop a taste for what you enjoy, like what. Whenever, I mean, like, and with podcasts, it's the same way, too. And I'm sure your guests, like, as your guests feel the same way, but, like, time just flies and you're just constantly going from next day to next yeah. idea. Uh, and so, like, once you develop a taste for that, like, oh, what do I enjoy doing? And, like, how fast does time go by? And, like, what makes me feel recharged and refreshed? Like, asking those questions and then seeking that out and then seeking a career that can cater to that. Mm. Like, then you're golden. Well, that's what's, that's interesting when you say that, developing a taste. Because yeah. there's so many things in life that, like, for instance, good coffee. Yeah. If you've only drank Folgers coffee and you haven't developed a taste for good coffee, yeah. you might drink a good cup of coffee and think it's not very good. Yeah, and, like, the only way to develop that taste, taste is just, like, to drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean, for someone who doesn't know what they want to do, just, like, whatever first takes your interest, just do it. And then uh, do something that's, like, a little bit similar or different and, like, just pay attention and yeah. keep on doing it and enjoy it. Yeah. Or, be honest with yourself if you're enjoying it or not. And be like find honest. something. Yeah. Be honest. And if it's not enjoyable, find something that you think would be more enjoying and then you know we'll let down. We'll find it. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. All yeah. right. So you got some plugs? Um yeah, follow me on Instagram, the holy way. I'll be trying to post more frequently. The holy way, like uh the H O L Y W A Y. H O L Y. Okay. Um, and I'll link that in cool. uh, in the description. Yep. If you click on Cole Holloway's name, yep. Holloway. Got it. Good. I keep saying Holloway. I don't know why. Yeah. Holloway's, if you click on the name, it'll take to the Instagram. Cool. So, um, any other plugs? Any other? Want to um, shout out the company you're working for? Moved you out to LA? Uh, yeah, took you away yeah, from Shout Monroe? out to Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro just on the libs every day. Is, is Ben Shapiro, is that yeah. his thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, his, that's his ship. More or less, but yeah, it's nice. It's it's been really good. Shout out to them; they're killing it, and it's an honor to work with them. Um, 
read. Just watch Jordan Peterson, people. My gosh. It's great. Great. Great stuff. Yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying I need to get his book. The, is it 10 Rules for Total Success? Lives. 12 Total Rules. Lives. Yeah. yeah, I would like to. I need to get that. I've just... I'm still I'm working my way through some yeah. books, but he's if, on my list. If you binge his YouTube videos, hard to get the general idea. But yeah, mean, well, I've watched a shit ton of yeah. hours. I can't <laughs> listen to him because yeah. I've listened to his podcast. I've listened to him on Joe Rogan. I listened to him on Theo Vaughn. Yeah, uh, and it does always end up like I have the same thing. Do you listen to Terrence McKenna? Have you ever listened to Terrence McKenna? Isn't uh, yeah no Terrence McKenna was the he, I mean he's he's passed away right now. Yeah right? yeah yeah yeah. 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 Um, I get the same thing where like. I'll go on a period where I'll just like listen, like binge listen to all yeah, of these different yeah. things, and then I start realizing that I'm not thinking Dexter anymore. I'm thinking, yeah, you're just you like, know, where I'm just thinking, the mouthpiece. Yeah, for, yeah, start yeah, like no. thinking these other yeah. people. I mean, I'm the exact same way for Peterson too. Yeah. Just like, like even in this conversation, it's like, well, I know what Peterson would say. Yeah. yeah so it's not really me saying this, actually. <laughs> it's interesting. But no, uh, that, um, have you heard of Akira the Dawn? The what? Akira the Dawn. He's this DJ uh, in LA, and he'll take samples of uh, Peterson and like throw it into his mixes. He has like lo-fi mm. music. I think you would like that. That's it's not for everybody, but I mean, I think I'll send you a link or two. Yeah, definitely send me a link or two. I'll uh, I'll check that out for sure. sure. So um, last thing is, uh, do you have a song that you would like to close the podcast mm. out with? Let's go with Sam's Town by The Killers. Ooh, the okay. Let's go with the live version. I'll send you. I'll Sam's send you Town Live by the Killers. That's right. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate Absolutely. you stopping by the podcast. Yes, thanks for um, me, yeah, cool. it's it's been a long time coming. I think I'm pretty sure. Let's see. I think we met before Emmett was born. Yeah, we met on the uh, P3. Yeah, P3. And yeah. I think actually Shannon was pregnant. At the really? time, with okay. Emmett, yeah, Crazy. because we had to, we had to get home. Uh, what she had, she already had him, and we had to get home. She might have already had him. That sounds about right. I think she had already had him, and we had to get home just because we had a you know baby we got to get to yeah. or whatever. So, but yeah, it's been a long time coming, For sure. and I'm glad that we met up uh, yeah. while you're in town. So maybe next time we can do episode two. Sounds good, man. So all right, and uh, so this is. Sam's Town Live by The Killers. I hope you people enjoy, and until next time, peace. Nobody ever had a dream round here, but I don't really mind that it's starting to get to me. Nobody ever pulls the seams round here But I don't really mind that it's starting to get to me I've got this energy beneath my feet Like something underground's gonna come up and carry me I've got this sentimental heart that beats But I don't really mind that it's starting to get to me now So why do you waste my time is the answer to the question on your mind And I'm sick of all my judges They're so scared of what they'll find But I know that I can make it As long as somebody takes me home Every now and then Well, have you ever seen the light? Have you?
you ever seen the light? I took a shuttle on a shockwave ride Where people on the pen pulled the trigger for accolades I took a bullet and I looked inside it Running through my veins in American masquerade I still remember Grandma Dixie's way I'd never really known anybody to die before Red, white, and blue upon a birthday cake My brother, he was born on the 4th of July So scared to let me shine But I know that I can make it As long as somebody takes me home my